in our midst. I'm declaring that he's been good. Come on. Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Didn't he wake you up? Didn't he put food on your table? And hasn't he just blessed you? Hallelujah. Clothes on your back. And I just know that God is not through blessing you. We, we're all still on the potter's wheel. But I'm declaring to you that something good is getting ready to happen in your life. You are going to prosper in the pandemic. Listen, if Joseph can be fed in the famine and he, all of his brothers come and visit him in Egypt, God had promoted him to a place of prominence and he was able to bless his entire family. I declare that some of you logging in tonight are going to be in a position where you're going to be able to bless your entire family because of your relationship, because of your understanding, because of your hallelujah love of God. He is going to bless. He is going to do something major in your life. Glory to God. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Like, share, comment on this stream as we go into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. We acknowledge you now that you would speak a word into this moment, into this space. Uh, and I pray that you would speak to the lives of these individuals who are logged in via Facebook and other social media streams. I thank you now that you are the yoke destroying, burden removing power. Hallelujah. That you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that's working in us. I thank you, Lord God, tonight that you're going to cause somebody's mind to change, causing somebody's life to be shifted in a whole nother direction, that you're causing a 180 U-turn, that you're causing somebody to, to leave with a greater understanding of who you are. And I thank you, Lord God, tonight that something special is going to happen in the lives of your people. Bless Liberty. Bless our pastor. Bless those that are logged in and those that are connected to this ministry and those that are just looking in. I thank you that you will bless all of them, that you would give us, Lord God, a level of revelation and insight concerning our lives and concerning the word of God tonight. We pray this prayer in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Listen, we're going to continue on in our installment of Victory Lap. Glory to God. I want you to like, share, comment on this stream. I want you to put the scriptures in the feed and I want you to be able to, uh, be able to recap and go back and look at this message if you need to. Write them down. Put them in your phone, your iPads, your tablets, or whatever it is you use uh, to go before the Lord in your devotionals, whatever you use to meditate uh, and go in, uh, before the Lord in Scripture, whatever you use to, to remind yourself of the previous week. I want you to write these things down so that you can go back and regurgitate on them. All right. Are you ready to go to the Word of God? Praise God. Let's go. Let's go to the book of Jonah, chapter 3. I want to read verses 1 through four in the King James. When I'm reading the scripture, I'll let you know exactly what uh, Bible I'm reading from. Sometimes it's the Amplified, sometimes it's the Message, sometimes it's the King James, and so forth and so on. But I will be mindful to let you know exactly which type of Bible I am reading from, okay? Uh, let's go. Jonah chapter three, verse one, King James Version. And it says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach it unto the unto the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose, verse three, and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh, watch this, was an exceeding great city of three days journey. And Jonah began to enter the city in a day's journey. 
And he cried and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And for the reading of the Holy Word, we say amen. In our last installment, we came to understand how immense and uncontested victory was delegated to all who are in Christ Jesus. We talked about the conquest of Christ and how he has sat down at the right hand of the Father, having completed the course he set out to finish on earth. We talked about how he overcame the enemy, stood on the grounds of humanity. And if you didn't catch part one, you're going to have to go back and catch part one. This is part two of the series, Victory Lap. It's no doubt that victory belongs to Jesus and that all of heaven awaits the final victory as all the saints are gathered together in eternity. However, in this day and age, as you proclaim your triumph and run your victory lap, understand that in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of social re-examination, that everything is going to be uncovered and unearthed. If and when your faith, your stance, your character is brought to the carpet to be analyzed, you must continue to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Will you waver from your confession when you are called to the carpet? Will you continue to stand strong and remain? When I went to spell the word run, stay with me now in the Holy Ghost. The Lord opened my eyes to the question from which the word run asks a question. It simply asks, are you in? Somebody put that in the feed, question mark. Are you in? While you are running, while you understand the cost of what Christ died for, while you've made it known that you will not serve the enemy. Come on. The real question becomes, what is your heart condition toward God? I need some witnesses here. Stay with me. <clears throat> you may have given your life to him, but have you accepted God's will for your life? Have you truly given him your heart? Are you truly in or out? Are you in? Question mark. While you are running a victory lap in celebration of what Christ has done, you cannot lose sight of growing into a deeper relationship with him. Watch this, y'all. Don't just be in a relationship for what you can get out of it. Wow. I'll say that again. Don't just be in a relationship because of what you can get out of it without having a true desire for someone outside of what they can give you. Yes, we want the healing. Yes, we want the favor. Yes, we want the blessings. Yes, we want the exceeding and the abundantly above all. We can ask or think, yes, we want eternal life. But have we truly acknowledged God, watch this, and asked him for his will and his direction and his purpose for our lives? Father, what is it that you want me to accomplish? I've come to let you know that you can be churched with no relationship. I'll say that again. You can be churched with no real relationship. You can be in the house, but not of the house. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. The Bible says it like this in 2 Timothy 3 and 5, having a form of godliness, come on, y'all know it, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So we can infer that a form of godliness looks like godliness, a form of pleasing God, looks like pleasing God, a form of piety and sanctity, looks like piety and sanctity. Ask the Sadducees, fully adorned and robed with the, with the look, but inwardly no desire for the truth. They looked the part, but didn't heart the part. Oh my God, y'all gotta hear this again. They looked the part, but didn't heart the part. Put that in the feed. It's a form without a foundation. It's a show without a plot. 
Some people would rather choose form over function rather than choose function over form. I'll say it again. Some people would rather choose form or how it looks over function, what it's intended to do, rather than function over the form. God is looking at the heart of a person. I know we like good singing, but God is looking at the heart. Listen, I know we'd like a good praise, but God is looking at the heart. I know we like good preaching and teaching, but God is looking at the heart. And if the heart is not right toward him, then you have a form of godliness, but you are denying the true power of God that is a result of true relationship and connection. When you perform qualitative analysis of the word run, hear me now, there aren't many words in the English language that are adjectives yet pose a poignant question at the same time. The word run is defined as an adjective with the following definitions. To go faster than walking. To go steadily by springing steps so that both feet leave the ground for an instant in each step. And finally, to go in urgency or distress. Underline that. Write that down. To run, to go in urgency and in distress. When a person is running, they are trying to get somewhere with a sense of urgency. Our text illustrates what it means to move when God says move and where you need to go. You need to get there in a hurry. The Bible says that Jonah moved with such a haste that he made a three days journey in one day. My God, Jonah was moving. Number one, Beloved, I believe that God is saying that we need to move closer to him with a greater sense of urgency. Like Jonah, we need to move quickly. We need to make kingdom moves and decisions with a greater sense of movement, drive, and desire. John 13, 27. You know how I do it. Put it in the feed. Read it in the Amplified. John 13, 27. After Judas had taken the piece of bread, watch this, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do it quickly. What you are going to do, do it quickly without delay. Understand that Jesus, although eternal, he understands and operates in the realm of schedules and time. He can grow weary and impatient with lazy, come on, slowful, huh, and a procrastinating people or people who just move too slow. John 7 and 6, paraphrasing it, Jesus says, y'all go head up to the feast. I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going because it isn't my time yet. What you will find out in this walk with him is that he is a stickler for time. Jesus is a perfectionist. Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick. Y'all know the story and delayed his arrival on purpose. Watch this. So he could get there on CP time and manifest a miracle. So folk would know that only Christ could do a thing like this. Some of y'all think he's running late. But my God, I'm telling you, my God, is <laughs> you might think he's late on arrival right now, but I've come to tell you prophetically that he is not late. And when he shows up, he shows up on time and he shows up with your miracle. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm talking about the timekeeper, the time traveler, Lord have mercy, the time dealer, the time accelerator, and the time calculator. Know that Jesus is not ignorant of the time. He understands days and hours, times and seasons, because he will say stuff like this, no man knows the day or the hour 
when the Son of Man shall appear. He understands moving quickly when he says stuff like, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be in Revelation 22. Number two, so the revelation that I want you to hear tonight is that if Jesus understands time, <coughs> excuse me, and how to move in urgency, then we need to walk in the same level of understanding of time and how to move with a sense of urgency. There are going to be some days in the near future, my brothers and my sisters, where you are going to have to be decisive and intentional about what you do, about what you say, your timing, and to whom you decide to be affiliated with. When the Lord speaks to you, and he will speak to you, do what he says to do, but you got to sometimes hold on to what he says and wait until the right time. And when God releases you to do it, get up and move quickly with a sense of urgency. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians in chapter two, verse two, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel, which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately, underline that, but privately to them, which were a reputation or the Jews lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. The Apostle Paul, who had a very special anointing on his life, he wrote three-fourths of the New Testament, makes a stark admission that what he preached to the Gentiles, he did also preach to the Jews, unless what he was doing was in vain. This is a universal sign, a signal to the body of Christ, that you can mean well with the greatest intention, the greatest zeal in the world, but could come up short in some ways which could then classify your work as being in vain. The word vain means producing no result, swinging at the air, useless. You're not hitting anything. My God, many people declare to know him in terms of familiarity and knowledge. Yet there is a level of intimacy that has yet to be experienced. I'm not sure about you, but I wish to know him in the power of his resurrection. I wish to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. I wish to know him in the power of his glory and the power of his favor. Number three, while studying and uh, while studying and relay and track and field, I've also come to realize the importance of passing the baton. Sometimes you have to pass the baton to a teammate in order to secure the win. Living in the kingdom is a team effort. Although there are individual legs or parts of the race, we must thrive as a team. The baton denotes the passing of one to the other. There is an art to passing the baton. My God, catch this in the Holy Ghost. The one receiving the baton cannot wait until the last second before they start running. <laughs> and the one passing the baton cannot be running full speed in order to pass it. So one has to slow down running and one has to begin running. There has to be a seamless exchange from one runner to the next. Ephesians 4.16 says in the Amplified, from him the whole body, the church, in all of its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by which every joint supplies. I love this verse. When each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. That's Ephesians 4, 16. There have been many a drop of batons at important seasons because of the inability to connect with others. Watch this. The inability to see that it was time to pass it. The inability to slow down and transition. And other times we fail to catch it correctly, causing drops, missteps, and lost 
time? Where have we failed in passing the baton to the next generation? Where have we failed to train and get the timing right so that the next wave of the race is successful? We must mature and understand that we cannot do a collective work alone and that the body of Christ is a collective work and each component creates the kingdom. Number four, understand this, that everyone watching you run your victory lap is not happy for you. Some are not happy to see you prosper. Some are not happy. They're blinded by jealousy and selfish ambition. But here's the caveat. If one person wins, we all won. We all won. We all win. Put that in the feed. If one person wins, hallelujah, we all win. How is it that we fail to operate as one body with one voice and with one goal and act as individuals, watch this, looking at it from a personal perspective and not through the lens of the kingdom. Some of you have been passing the baton of business, hallelujah, to your children, and that's major. Some of you all need to start passing the baton of ministry to the next generation, passing the baton of your vision to the next generation so that it can continue to be established. I want you to understand that in light of what we are dealing with in this global pandemic, in these hard times, in these challenges, dealing with the transitions of loved ones or not even feeling well ourselves, that life is not absent of frustration, exasperation, and dissatisfaction. However, there is a greater purpose that we must lean into. We must not lose sight of who we are and whose we are. We must not lose sight of the race. We must not allow our present suffering and discourse to water down our effectiveness and short circuit our posture. Romans 8, 18 in the Amplified says this, For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. I need you to write that scripture down. I'm going to read it again in the Amplified. For I consider, take into consideration everything that's going on around us. Come on. I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us. If you keep running, hallelujah, something is about to be revealed in you. If you stay the course, something is about to be revealed in you. If you pressed into the power source, Lord have mercy, something is about to be revealed in you. If you let God rule your heart, then something is about to be revealed in you. Somebody open up your mouth and give them a praise. Put that in the feed. Something is about to be revealed in me, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. I'm pressing toward the mark. I feel a preacher coming on now for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. You've got to make a decision tonight that I'm going to stand still and I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord come what may come hell or high water. I wish to see the salvation of the Lord. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God strong and mighty. Who is the this King of glory, the Lord God mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. I'm preaching now. And the King of glory shall come in. Is there anybody tuned in tonight who's ready for the King of glory to come in and shift your life? Is there anybody ready for the King of glory to work things out in your favor? Is there anybody ready for the King of glory to come in and defeat the enemy of your life? Every opponent, every adversary, every false accuser, every lie ever told on you, my God, every bad report with your name on it, 
and the king of glory shall come in and he will cancel every diagnosis. He will cancel every prognosis, stop every bad sequence, my God, and he will nullify every seed of discord in your life. I declare a divine reversal. I hear that in the Holy Ghost. I declare a divine reversal is coming to you. Everything in your life is about to come into cadence. A divine reversal to your children heading in the wrong direction. I decree a divine reversal to every atomic warhead fashioned by the enemy of your mind. Somebody declare there's a divine reversal for me. Somebody type that in the feed. There is a divine reversal headed to my life. Glory to God. Now, usually during the victory lap, the champion is wrapped in the flag of the country they represent. I'm bringing this thing to a close. If the winner is from America, they are cloaked in the American flag. If they are from China, they are cloaked in the Chinese flag. If they're from Africa, they are cloaked in the flag of that African country. And I hear it right now in the realm of the spirit that as you run this victory lap in the name of the Lord, that you are cloaked in the flag of righteousness, that you are cloaked in the flag of justice and virtue. You are cloaked in Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. You are covered in the flag of Jehovah God. You are covered in the flag of fortune and determination. You are covered in life and life more abundantly. You are covered in breakthrough and revolution. You are covered in grace and covered in truth. Somebody shout, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm covered. You are cloaked in Christ, dipped in the oil of great price. Somebody declare, I'm covered. Hallelujah. Text one of your family members and tell them, I'm covered, baby. I'm covered. I know it's a lot going on, but I'm covered. Run your victory lap with vivaciousness and exuberance, enthusiasm and supernatural excitement. Run your victory lap with elation and triumph favor and confidence. Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? Somebody open your mouth and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah for the next 30 seconds. You are about to run this victory lap with patience. You're about to run this victory lap with a true triumph and a level of victory that you've never experienced it before. I decree prophetically and I declare that every area of hallelujah lacking victory in your life shall receive a fresh dose of victory, a fresh dose of joy, a fresh dose of peace, a fresh dose of the anointing that is there to to destroy every yoke in your life. I declare that you are to get up and run your victory lap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do not lose your faith. Do not lose your confidence. Do not lose, hallelujah, what you've been promised. Do not lose the prophetic utterance. Do not lose what you know about God. Do not lose in these last days your testimony. I decree and declare unto you that a divine, hallelujah, reversal is coming to your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You might say, well, I'm trying to run this victory lap tonight. I'm doing the best I can. Put your hand in God's hand. Declare this, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Declare this, I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Don't you know that the trial is supposed to come? Don't you know that? But the trial is not supposed to break you. It's supposed to make you stronger. That the trying of your faith produces patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That you might be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. 
I declare to every listener, everybody who's tuned in via social media tonight, that your life is going to experience a exponential level of victory in the name of Jesus. I declare victory in your finances. Hallelujah. That's you. Shout hallelujah. I declare victory in your mindset. That's you. I want you to declare that. I've got victory in my mindset. I declare victory, hallelujah, in your household. If that's you, I want you to declare victory in my household. I declare victory on your job and your place of business. That God would even give you an entrepreneurial spirit that you'll begin to start and lay the groundwork for your own business. Hallelujah. I'm declaring victory in that area. I'm declaring victory in every personal battle that I'm dealing with. I'm declaring victory in that area of your life. I'm declaring victory, glory to God, in your children. I'm declaring victory, glory to God, in your confession that you'll begin to speak some things that are not as though they are. I'm declaring that everything about you needs to shift. Everything about you will need to change. I'm declaring it now in the name of Jesus that victory has come to my life. I'm going to experience a divine reversal and it's going to begin tonight. I'm not only confessing it, but I'm giving God my heart. I'm giving him my mind. I'm giving him my soul. Yes, I believe in Jesus, but now I'm getting ready to walk in the perfect will and purpose for my life in Jesus' name. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for these, your people that are tuned in via social media and other uh, social media outlets. I pray now in Jesus' name that you would come into somebody's life. I tell you, lift your hands right now if you're watching. I declare as those hands are lifted that you are releasing an anointing of favor, that you are releasing an anointing of dialogue shift, that you're going to begin to change the things that we're seeing and the things that we're saying are going to be something that's totally in agreement with what you said. How can two walk together unless they've been agreed? And so, Father, right now, everything that is not lined up according to what they've been saying out of their mouth, that you would line that thing up, that it will come into divine correction, that it will come into cadence with your word, every promise spoken, that it would come into divine alignment, every prophetic word spoken, that it will come into divine alignment, everything, every hallelujah, every new level, every dimensional shift would come into divine alignment tonight in the name of Jesus, that we will not be the same after tonight. We're declaring a new level. We're declaring a new hallelujah dimension. We're declaring that we're going to ascend from this place higher in the things of God and to walk and abide by the things that please God, setting our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. We're going to start seeking you first and the kingdom of God and your righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. The word run spells a question. Are you in? Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. God bless you. If you want to sow a seed into this ministry, you might do so at visiting us on Cash App at LCCIMD, or you can go to lccimd.org slash give. Listen, I believe that something special is about to happen in your life. Put a seed on it and then put a praise on it. I believe God is up to something. Divine reversal is about to happen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned in Jesus' name.